Hello and welcome to this episode of the Retail Is Podcast. I'm Joey Morgan. She's Kylie Ross-Cyber, and today we are joined with Matthew Natardis of Security 101. Matthew, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Great. So we're going to start with this. We're going to get into it a little bit. We're going to ask you about yourself and what you do. And as a tease for everybody listening, you're going to give everyone some security tips for this holiday season. But uh, let's begin with a little bit about you and Security 101. Uh, tell us about your business. Yeah, so I uh, work in the engineering department for the Norfolk branch of Security 101. Uh, what we do is electronic security. Uh, so it includes anything from surveillance to access control to intrusion detection, uh, visitor management, uh, networking, and today more and more uh, business analytics and video analytics as well. Oh, wow. Okay, so you are not just what most people believe as being a security, like we're talking like networking and computer, like, you know, structural stuff within companies as well, you know, how, you know, physical yep. as well as software. Exactly. So okay. really nowadays, uh, security has become more of a, a business system, uh, similar to how IT moved from this fringe department that most places kind of put in the closet in the back of the office and no one called until they needed them. Uh, more and more, um, IT is now a core part of everyone's business, whether or not um, you know, they, they realize that uh, security has, has started to become more and more of a, a, a larger component of everyone's business, uh, even though that may not be what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. No, absolutely. Yeah, you hear horror stories all the time about computer systems and people knowing too much information yep. about you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So I know, Joey, we talked briefly before about also, you know, what's coming up for the holidays and stuff. But before we get into that, I mean, Security 101, we've had a partnership with you guys for many years just you know you know tapping into your intelligence <laughs> um but what have the changes been do you think like over the last few years in terms of security so in terms of security uh these security systems are, are really at the end of the day no longer just security systems as they were a couple years ago uh they're business intelligence systems now so you know back five ten especially 15 years ago uh, you may buy a, a standalone intrusion uh, detection system, and that may alarm if someone breaks into your, your building after hours. You may also have a couple cameras that maybe you, you did some manual investigations on if something negative happened. But those systems are very much a, a passive system, and they were kind of a, an insurance. They were there. If something bad happened, then you tapped into them uh, and could use them to help mitigate how bad that bad thing got. Uh, nowadays, they've really gotten a lot more proactive, uh, and their purpose has really left the purely security world and is now becoming a, a business enablement system. So being able to use cameras not just for uh, trying to tell after the fact that there was an accident in your parking lot or someone slipped and fell or if someone stole something, uh, but now trying to proactively drive profits by helping you identify where are people going in your store uh, where are some of the, what, what's the normal queue time? Uh, are you staffing at the right times? What's your conversion rate? Uh, stuff like that that's critical business uh, information, even for smaller businesses, uh, can now be handled by your uh, surveillance system. So it's not just a, a black hole of, of funding that kind of goes in to maybe prevent something or, or allow you to, to tell what happened during a break-in. Uh, now you can use it to really drive your business forward. Yeah. Or even I've, I've known some businesses who literally buy a cheap 
camera and don't even have it recording just to have Correct. the presence of something there. Yep. So this goes way beyond that. I mean, I've seen like um, a couple of your systems that you've showed before is like pinpointed people's faces, like from quite a distance, um, mm -hmm. just to be able to identify and that, and to be able to have that information to provide, you know, law enforcement, I think would also be very, very helpful. It is. And they're also becoming uh, easier to use. So a lot of these systems back in the day were a little bit of a pain because everyone operated in a very different way and they were all fully proprietary. Uh, now more of these systems work together. Uh, so you don't, you're not stuck with one, one platform. You have some more flexibility uh, and they're also made to be a little bit easier to pull out data when you need it. Whether that's data to feed into a marketing effort or if you're going to rearrange your store to, to help give you data for that but also to give data to law enforcement if something were to happen, it's a lot easier to, to get that data off of these systems and provide that in a useful way to law enforcement uh, so that they can then take it and, and proceed forward. So with the systems, do they all come with like software that's, you know, got dashboards and all that sort of stuff, or do you sort of have to know a bit more about technology and, you know, <laughs> software? So there's really, uh, within the, the video surveillance realm, there's kind of two different um, pathways that you can go down. Some are still the, the older style kind of uh, camera system in a box type where you really don't have a lot of that. They're really just there to provide you with some recorded video. There's a value to that, um, but it does leave something still on the table. If you're going to have an item in your store, it should have more than one purpose. Um, and a lot of those, uh, you know, NVR in a box or DVR in a box type systems are really only there to record raw video and then you have to manually review it and you don't have a lot of tools with that. Uh, some of the, the more modern systems that are software driven, that's what then gives you those tools uh, to whether it's remote viewing abilities so that you don't have to physically be at your store to handle that. Uh, whether it's the ability to put up different views or to uh, do searches off of motion or specific events or linking it with your POS system so that you can look up a specific transaction and automatically go to the video that watched that transaction happen so that you can make sure that different things are happening in the right way, whether it's a training incident or whether it's a theft incident. Okay. Very powerful stuff. I mean, it's so much more than just security. It is, yeah. It, it, it's you're really no longer a 100 level class, you've got to change the name. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, an interesting component of our, our uh, company name, especially nowadays. It's definitely maybe 401 would probably yeah, there you be closer to <laughs> where we should be. Um, what about uh, with the pandemic and COVID-19? Have you seen any trends or anything changing as far as security goes um, with uh, everything going on right now? Yeah, so that's uh, kind of the, the downside sometimes of technology is sometimes technology gets a little bit ahead of itself. So when COVID-19 came out, uh, some components of our industry were, were very quick to adapt and see a, a market opportunity and to create certain products that uh, were geared, whether it was temperature detecting or, or scanning of crowds, uh, face mask detection, different analytics like that. Uh, unfortunately, that technology in the early days was really repurposed from industrial technology and did not have the precision that is needed when dealing with, with humans compared to a machine. Uh, and so there was a lot of focus on some of those systems early on that were really not ready for prime time yet. But everyone was in so much of a rush to kind of push some of these out uh, that some of the larger establishments 
did go ahead and invest in some of these machines that they then had to take out when uh, they then realized they didn't have the FDA certification or they did not have the um, precision to consistently protect uh, the people inside the, the store. Uh, now, now that there's been a couple more months, those tools are there, uh, whether it's temperature detecting, uh, which has its pros and cons. Uh, my favorite personally is the face mask detection. Uh, a lot of, of establishments that are open to foot traffic uh, are having a employee at the front that both counts to let people in and as people exit so that they can keep their occupancy at the same level, um, as well as trying to enforce that face mask uh, policies. The hard part with that is that puts an employee out at the door, so that's payroll that gets invested in putting someone out at the door um, that is therefore not doing anything else within the store. Uh, and it also puts that person in a little bit of a rough position to be standing there constantly telling people no all day long or, hey, you have this on wrong. And that makes it kind of a very personal um, interaction when people are entering your store. If we can automate some of that, having a camera right there that can keep track of how many people have entered the store and how many people have exited and just have a monitor with a big you know, red stop sign for, hey, we're at capacity. When someone else comes out, then you can go in someone leaves, camera detects that, and then that camera turns the monitor back to green, two people can come in now. And now you're depersonalizing some of that. Uh, same with an, uh, you know, a little alarm on uh, face masks not being worn properly. If the store has a policy that face masks are to be worn by anyone coming in, the cameras can detect both if there is a face mask and if it's being worn properly. Um, maybe direct them with a light, to a mirror that can help them with a, a picture of here's how you properly wear your face mask based on our store's policy uh, and you personalize that. Someone may be alerted via a text message that hey there's a, a face mask alarm so a manager on duty might then know okay I should keep an eye on the front and make sure that that person took care of that um, but now you're, you're automating some of that not having to put a person at that door the entire day. I mean we didn't know about these things so how uh, businesses supposed to know that these things are even available and you know <laughs> this this technology yeah. you know you'd, you'd expect it to be as you said like out there already but I haven't actually seen any of this stuff they listen True. to the retailers podcast Allie that's how they <laughs> <learn about> it. <laughs> and, and that's really where where uh, you know events like this kind of help the industry at, at large because there is so much data sometimes that's out there that it's it's too much sometimes and that can very easily lead a lot of businesses to think well I know that there's a lot of information out there I'm constantly inundated with new information so if there was something useful I definitely would have heard about it and the fact that I haven't heard about it means there probably isn't something useful otherwise I would have had a dozen emails in my inbox about it, or there would have been ads all over, you know, Facebook or Google whenever I, I log on that would have showed me this. So I think to a degree, we're, we're kind of suffering from too much information, which is then drowning out some of the stuff that, that might be useful. So that's where we always recommend, uh, especially business owners of, of small businesses where small investments make a big deal at the end of the year. Um, have a, a roadmap and have a, a constantly rolling list of here are the problems that I want to solve and then find companies that they can trust so that they can work with them to identify, okay, this is a problem I want to solve. This is uh, where I want to be. Tell me what it takes to get there. And then those companies and their engineering departments or, or solutions departments 
uh, can help build out that roadmap. But it is important to not just solve a problem in an individual level, but to have a, a multi-phase, here's where I want my entire business to be at the end of this. Uh, and then what components and steps do we need to take to get there? Is this achievable for a very small business? Yeah, so that's really where you, you dive into um, how do you make this new system change or addition or installation uh, an investment rather than an expense. So if I have an expense, that's something I'm paying money and, and that money's kind of gone. If I've got an investment, then I know here's what my ROI is, here's where I intend to, to recoup that, that investment, and here's the benefit that I've got long-term for that. Uh, depending on what your business is trying to do, would really determine how much you really need to spend to get there. Do you need to go all the way to have you know heat mapping and queue monitoring and all that if you're a small business where you as the owner are typically there on a day-to-day -day basis? Probably not. Uh, do you need something that can detect face masks? Probably yes. You can get things like that done for a thousand dollars and you know when you take out the amount that you would pay to have someone there doing that and the hourly cost of that employee and then the opportunity cost of what that employee could be doing if rather than being at the front, they were engaging with, with your guests in Sussor and helping them you know, find new stuff or drive sales there, um, then the ROI for, for items like that could be sub one week. Okay, so is that something that, you know, if they have a current system, they can just sort of add on or is this a whole new investment? And that's actually a great question. Um, and, and that's something that uh, kind of is in two parts. One, it's important to make sure as you're putting in your systems that you put in systems that have as much flexibility as possible so you don't go down a technological uh, one-way street with a dead end at the end. Uh, the other part is identifying, let's say you've already done that or you have a system you've kind of maxed out and you really are just looking for this one thing. Maybe it's just occupancy sensing. So all you want is to put up a sensor and a so that your guests coming in get a, a red stop sign when, when the store is at capacity and a, a green you know, thumb if, if they should be coming in. Uh, that, that is something that could be installed standalone. So you would not have to uh, have a specific place in order to do that. So a lot of these technologies specific to uh, how do we continue to operate uh, during COVID and how do we make sure that our guests and we have their best interests at heart and we're trying to protect them, uh, a lot of these things can be done on a standalone level and would not by replacing your entire system. So a monitor and a sensor and a small processor, uh, those three components and you're good to go. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's, um, oh, sorry, Kelly. You, you have no, something to say? No, I was just commenting. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's tell, tell us a little bit. We teased it earlier about um, some things that retailers should be on the lookout this holiday season as far as their security is concerned. Yep. So one of the, the primary things uh, back prior to me being on this side as an engineer, I, I worked in uh, loss prevention on, in the retail world. Um, and the, the, the saying within our department was, what you sell, they steal. Uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, people are stealing the things in the same way people are buying things. Uh, just those people decided that they weren't going to pay for them, but they're still trying to go after the same things that people are typically buying. So whenever you have certain or certain series of things that are popular, um, back when I was, was in that, it was the LeapPad 2 was the big thing that year. Everyone wanted to buy some LeapPad 2s uh, for the kids come Christmas. Uh, oddly enough, uh, 
Leap Pad 2s was also our most stolen item. Um, so those trends do follow um, very closely. A lot of thought is, is usually given to the um, items that people assume that will be stolen at a higher rate, and that's your, your smaller, um, high dollar figure items. Um, but at the end of the day, the people who are stealing these are stealing it either to use it, which is the same reason someone would buy something, or to sell it. And what are they going to sell most? They'd sell the things that you're selling the most of. So the things you should be on the lookout for are the things that you are selling the most of. Uh, the other thing is to uh, differentiate trying to stop theft uh, as its own um, unique action. So the real metric that you should be concerned with is your shortage percentage. And there's two ways to increase shortage percentage. You what do you mean by shortage percentage real quick? So shortage percentage is a percentage of things that are lost or stolen or damaged compared to the amount of things that you sell. Okay. So that is of the, the items that I sold, what percentage of that is lost? Whether that's due damage, uh, improper ring up of the register, maybe someone doesn't know what a uh, organic cantaloupe is compared to a normal cantaloupe and they're ringing them up wrong, that's a percentage of shortage. There's a, a cost difference there that the business thought that they would actualize uh, a certain amount of revenue when they, they actualized a, a smaller amount, uh, that difference is your shortage. Um, so the two ways to uh, impact shortage, one is you can decrease the amount of stuff that's lost. You can do that through training. You can do that through uh, enforcement of uh, anti-theft policies, uh, both internal and external, so employees and guests. Um, and the second way is you can just increase sales. So if you as a small business owner lost $10,000 last year. That sounds like a lot of money. But if you, and if you lose $10,000 this year, it sounds like you really didn't do a good job of reducing your theft. But if you doubled your sales, then the impact of that $10,000 is not as much. So at the end of the day, it's not just about reducing your loss. It's about reducing your loss as a percentage of what you can sell. So by focusing on that, what you sell, they'll steal. If you can double down in those areas with good customer service, that is the number one deterrent against theft. If your employees are engaged, making eye contact, directly dealing with your, your guests, I'm a lot less likely as a, as a uh, uh, shoplifter to steal if employees are constantly coming up and asking if they can help me and asking if I found everything all right. Because I know that they've noticed me. I don't want to be noticed. But if I'm there to buy stuff, I want to be noticed. I want to be helped. Therefore, um, you know, good customer service is your number one way to prevent uh, these, this kind of theft. So above and beyond a good video system or a good security system, there's nothing that I as a security company can sell you that will perform better than well-trained and customer-friendly employees. Secondly, would then be using the technology that you have. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that is one way you, you increase your sales. And uh, the second way is how do you use that technology in a way that, that matters? So relocating your cameras, that's one thing that a lot of places uh, just don't consciously do. As their stores change to match the new things that they're selling or the new layouts that, that help uh, customer flow through their store, uh, a lot of the times they don't update their security systems to match that. So they end up settling for worse and worse views of their high sale and high theft areas. So keeping in mind that a lot of the time uh, you can relocate these systems. If you're putting in a new system, make sure that wherever possible uh, that installer puts in some extra rings of uh, uh, spare cable 
above uh, that camera so that that camera can be relocated. Cable's very cheap. Um, so putting in another 20 or 30 feet worth of cable um, per camera is a couple dollars at the end of the day. But it then gives you that flexibility to relocate that camera if you move your aisles a little bit because you're starting to sell some bulk items and, and you have one or two less aisles or if you move some of your mobile stands. Uh, things like that can, can really make a difference. I gotta say, Matthew, you are crushing these tips. Those are some, those yeah. some great info for everyone to have. The, the one thing that you mentioned, and I know that uh, we've heard it before, is employee theft as well. So do you suggest having a camera in the back areas or in your stock room or, you know, a little office or anything like that? I highly do. Um, very much so. Most of, most of your theft at the end of the day um, is going to come from employees. Wow. The, the thefts from employees... Um, typically represent a higher dollar figure per incident um, because it is easier for them to steal for longer or repetitively and more. Uh, they have more access. They have more time there. They have, in their opinion, more, more knowledge of, of how to get away with it. Um, and they're going to be a little bit bolder. So uh, it's a lot easier as a employee to take a handful of iPads or a, you know, a, a bag full of jewelry slowly over a period of time than it is for a, uh, a guest or, or a, a shoplifter to come in and, and continuously steal. Right. So that is something I, I highly recommend putting uh, cameras around where you're storing your, your valuable goods, um, as well as if you have a designated uh, exit or entrance in a stock room, uh, putting a camera there uh, and having some kind of monitoring, whether that's through your intrusion system, uh, through access control, uh, however, which way you can monitor when that stock room is accessed, uh, that's going to be important so that you can start to identify trends. If a, a high valuable cage is opened at 9.30 p.m. every Tuesday, that's probably odd. You should probably be stocking at a you know, more, more consistent time, maybe during the day. It shouldn't be outside of the norm. So if most of the time you're restocking those shelves at 8 a.m., but every Tuesday, there's a 9.30 p.m. opening of that. That's, that's probably atypical. Now you know what to look into, and you can tell uh, when things are happening out of the ordinary. Interesting. Okay. So how, how long do you think, um, you know, when you've, well, people, like, have the tapes and things they used to, you know, is it all cloud-based now? Like, how, how do they capture, and how long do the recordings get kept so that's actually a, uh, a great question, and that's where a lot of the costing is going to come from. So uh, cloud is growing in popularity, but uh, I think our industry tends to get ahead of itself there as well. Uh, we're kind of looking at that like, oh, cloud is the future. Everyone's going to cloud. In all reality, most video surveillance is still not in the cloud. It's a single-digit percentage of video systems that are in the cloud. Wow. Are there benefits? Absolutely. Um, are there drawbacks? Yes, there are. Uh, so it really kind of it depends on exactly what you're worried about. If you're worried about the physical loss of that recording device, then you should be using the cloud because there's nothing for a, a shoplifter or a, a robber or an internal employee that decided, okay, I'm taking too much stuff tonight. I just need to destroy this recording box. Uh, there's nothing for them to take in that case. Yeah. Uh, Cloud does carry with it subscription costs, so you are going to be paying on a monthly basis for the use of that cloud. 
and it also requires more internet service. So if you have inconsistent internet service or if investing in an upgraded internet service is not within your budget, then on-site is definitely the way to go. If you're going on-site, making sure that you put it in a secure place behind preferably someplace where only you have a key um, as the owner uh, is highly recommended. Um, but it is also recommended to make sure that some other person that you trust within the business has a login to that system. That way, if something happens, be it a slip and fall or a, a theft incident, uh, someone else within the business other than you can, can go in and can download that footage, whether it's for, for a legal team or for uh, law enforcement. So is it as simple as the movies make it look to uh, wipe out a tape? Just, they have to just smash the box and they're safe? If you have a hammer, uh, yeah, you, you can get it done pretty quickly. Uh, a hammer, a, a drill, or a microwave will, will erase a tape pretty, pretty quickly. Um, if you're in the cloud, then uh, that's no longer a, a risk. You're, you're, you know, you're safe either which way. So you said that you worked in loss prevention um, before. I did. What did that entail? So most of my day was focused on um, either internal theft um, or what they call ORC, which is organized retail crime. So that is basically people who steal for a living, uh, which doesn't sound like a thing. Um, but as I, I learned, uh, it, it definitely was. And there were people who were stealing um, upwards of, of over a million dollars or several times wow. uh, multi-million dollar uh, rings that, that last over years, that travel through states, um, counterfeiting operations, working with the Secret Service. Um, there's quite a lot of different uh, types of, of theft and possible loss that uh, we needed to, to guard against. Obviously, the, the counterfeiting was, was less common. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest thing for us was, was the internal theft, because that's where you're going to lose uh, multiple thousands of dollars per case uh, is that internal theft. What was the, um, if you can remember, I think back, is there any uh, thefts that were particularly crazy or anything like wild that you saw? The, the craziest thing for me was always the uh, the, the meat thieves that, that would come in to steal ribs and uh, and steaks. And and a lot of the times they'd put them down their pants and there's, oh. there's nothing more awkward than uh, getting into a, a little bit of a uh, confrontation at the front of a store with someone who's who's trying to juke and roll and then a, a, a whole rack of ribs falls out of their pants <laughs> out of the floor. Um, it, it makes for an interesting interaction, to say the least. That's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. That, uh, and then once they're, you know, back in the office and you're, and you're talking to them, trying to, to talk through some of the, uh, okay, well, <laughs> why? Their thought process, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what led you to decide that today was a good day to come in and put four racks of ribs and eight steaks down your pants and then try to run out of the store with that? <laughs> what, what was your thinking here? <laughs> all right well we're getting close to the end of the time Kylie do you have any other questions you'd like to ask I just wanted to um I, anecdotally like have you seen more theft happening around oh, this yeah. Sort of, yeah during this economy and leading up to Christmas yes so, um kind of again playing off of that what you sell they'll steal uh when your sales go up so does so does the theft um around this time people are buying more stuff people are also see, uh, stealing more stuff uh, so third and fourth quarter are going to be your highest theft uh, quarters, uh, statistically. Uh, they're also going to be uh, even higher when the economy is in a position where uh, people are feeling financially insecure. Uh, certain people that may not have stolen uh, last year or the year before or thought that they would steal this year 
uh, if circumstances have changed, they may decide that uh, to go ahead and, and break with that with that habit. And, and all of a sudden, the circumstances have changed, and this would now be something that they would uh, consider doing, and in fact would do. So, anytime that you have economic instability, um, you're going to have a rise in theft, and that's both internal and external. Uh, if it's a loss of hours or a loss of, of a job or uh, impending threat of eviction. Uh, certain people may be having to make that choice between buying this thing or paying rent. And if they go ahead and write that rent check, they may decide, you know what, I'm not going to go without this other thing that I want. I'm just going to gonna go ahead and take it. Um, so you are going to see a rise uh, this quarter in, in thefts from people that uh, traditionally would not have uh, been stealing. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Make sure to keep a yeah. lookout for that. But yeah, thank you so much, Matthew, for uh, joining us. I think Absolutely. We got a lot of great information from you. Yeah. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Yep. We're here to help. If, uh, if anyone does need uh, assistance with that planning, uh, we're here. We're, we're an active part of the uh, loss prevention group uh, with Reach Alliance. Uh, and, and here's a resource for anyone in, in the Hampton Roads area. All right, here, where's your pitch? How do you, people get a hold of you? Uh, so our, our website is uh, www.security101.com, uh, and we can also be reached over email at uh, norfolk at security101.com um, or over the phone 757-961-3373. Uh, uh, Perfect. Thank you very much, Matthew. Thank you, yes. Thanks, Matthew.